1: And we
2: are back. We are back. We are back from Kansas City. Here's the sad thing about that, Canty. What's that? Is Saturday night, that was at the end of the draft on Saturday. And I was all set to go to dinner with Ian Fitzsimmons and Mike Tannenbaum and our producer Rob Kelly and Jordan Reed and Pizza Cone. We're all going out to barbecue. And an hour later, I was just feeling like garbage, (laughs) just like absolute garbage, didn't even go to dinner, got an awful, awful chicken sandwich for dinner. It it, it was just it was an absolute nightmare. And I, I blame you for leaving after Friday. That's that's the problem. Well, why do you blame me for having the advanced scouting report and knowing better,
0: knowing that I didn't have the capacity to do all three days? Well, like, I, as somebody that has done the NFL draft in the past, I, I kind of had some insight as to how this thing would go. And I know we talked a lot in the, uh, beforehand about how tedious the prep work was. But when you're actually doing the draft, you're having a blast. But yep. when you're doing it five to six hours for three straight days – At some point in there, you hit a wall. And you know how they always talk about NFL rookies hitting that rookie wall in November? Mm. If it's your first draft, you're going to hit that wall somewhere around the three- to four-hour mark on day three. And I'm guesstimating that that's when it actually slapped
2: you in the face. All right, well, a couple of things. Number one, I did enjoy doing it. And I actually enjoyed, yes, it's a lot of work leading up to it, but I actually enjoyed it because – catching up with a lot of people around the league that I hadn't talked to in a long time, and watching and, you know, getting a feel for guys, really having a good sense of it. But, yes, it it could get tedious. I would say that I enjoyed the whole thing, and Saturday was not as long as it – seven hours on the air. That's a long time, though. That's a a a long long time. time. (laughs) It didn't feel like it was a full seven hours, but there was a time. Where we hit about pick 190. Yep. Where I was like, holy crap, we still yep. got 60 picks to go. <laughs> that's about
0: right. Yeah. Like I said, the three, <laughs> the three or four hour mark on Saturday. So about halfway, a little over halfway through the show on, on, uh, sa- a Saturday, that's when you're going to be like, are we done yet?
2: Yeah, well, uh, that was, it, it, I, I will it, say this. I, it, it, the thing you realize, though, in getting to do it is it's not like it's a real job after all. It was time-consuming, but it's not a real job. That's for no, sure.
0: You know, no. And then having the opportunity to talk to the prospects, and we'll get a little yeah. bit deeper into that a little later in the show, but having the opportunity to talk to those young men, it, it was really cool to see the raw emotion coming out of them and, and – to be honest with you, my favorite part of the draft had nothing to do with being at the draft at all. It was actually being at the hotel with the NFL League office personnel and mm-hmm. the players and their families and just chopping it up in the lobby. It was great just to meet uh, a whole host of folks and just seeing the people that support these young men, the yeah. people that are behind them, supporting them, you know, enabling them to pursue their dreams, their life's passion. That was really, really cool to see all of those folks so happy for, uh, for their family members being drafted into the NFL. That was yeah. really, really awesome.
2: It was. I, I agree. I, I told you this the other day. I, I didn't remember if I said it on the air or not. But on, Saturday, on Friday morning, I went down for breakfast, and there is Paris Johnson, the tackle from Ohio State, who went to the Cardinals. And he is walking around the lobby, you know, and it's just a T-shirt and shorts, but he has still got that Cardinals hat on. And he is absolutely loving it. And it was it was so cool to see his family taking all of that in, and all of them getting ready to go and and go to the new cities and check it out. That was that was great. We got we got a lot to get into with the NFL draft. We got a lot to get into with the fact that last week was an exceptionally expensive week for me, as Canty has won not one but two bets from me over the last week. First, the Aaron Rodgers and the and the conditional first round garbage. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And then the Warriors, uh, no, not the Warriors, the Lakers Grizzlies series, which went seven. And I, I t- I'll tell you the truth. I really would have been more thoroughly annoyed had the Grizzlies actually won the series in seven than seeing them get run by that point. By the time we got to, uh, Friday night, Canty. Mm-hmm. I want to see them get run out of the gym, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, I want to see <laughs> them die a painful death, and they're down 40 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, but, but let me give you a little correction,
0: though. It didn't go seven. It didn't it even six. go seven. That's not how it yeah. went six. That's yeah. not how I
2: won the bet. I won Once the bet I was because, dead in the bet is what I meant. Well, well yeah. I'm a brain yeah shot right now. Yeah, I
0: understand <laughs> that, and I guess I'll give you a little bit of grace. But here's the thing. It went six games, but I don't even know if you can count what happened on Friday night for the Grizzlies a six game because they didn't show up in the second half. I'm sitting there enjoying it because after we got back from the hotel, after we got back to the hotel uh, from Friday's draft uh, uh, broadcast, I'm sitting there watching my Lakers because it's the late game. And at one point in the third quarter, it's 91 to 59. <laughs> 91 to 59. Sound the alarms. That's how bad it was. I mean, break glass in case of emergency. It was absolutely awful. The performance that the Memphis Grizzlies put on. And I just, I just want to know this. Like when John Moran said once upon a time, he's good in the West. I, I want to know today. Do you still feel like you're good in the West, John? Well, do I mean, you st- do you still feel that way? Like listen, I remember, he once upon a time, he said, "I'm going up the chimney because I want all of the smoke." Do you still want all of the smoke? Because it looked like y'all wanted no parts of what the Lakers were bringing to the party.
2: Yeah, those sirens were the paramedics coming to take the bodies away. Exactly, the we're dead. That's exactly, it.
0: <laughs> dead, the grisly- on arrival,
2: dead, dead on arrival. Dead on arrival to the crib
0: on Friday night.
2: So now I owe Canty. Uh, Dinner for he and his wife and me and my wife Mm -hmm. at a uh, restaurant in New York City named Tatiana's, which, again, I will point out when I went to look up online how expensive it was. It didn't even have prices. That's how expensive it is.
0: Well, here's what you can feel good about, big fella. It was voted... Best new restaurant in New York City by the New York Times. That,
2: that's great. I'm so, sure so it'll be gonna, a phenomenal. So you're going to get a great meal. Oh, that's it's great. It's going to cost be you, A great but meal, it's that's gonna, fine. Yeah. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me, and that's yes. going to annoy me more than anything. When and I'm going to wash comes, that great meal down with yeah. a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Yeah, oh, yeah. and he got that, too. Here's oh, the yeah. best part, though. Oh yeah. Here's the best part. I, I, I purchased the Johnny Walker Blue online this morning. Mm. You can get that bottle engraved. So yes, I got a little special me- special message on there for you. <laughs> Let's put it this way: I got a little special a special message for you and for Dylan Brooks on that bottle. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that. By the way, when can I expect that? What time is that? Is that? Uh, it, it, I think the what shipping with I the engraving be? it'll take about ten days. Or so. Ten days? Okay. Yeah. All right. no, but no, listen, okay. I pay off my bets. You will not okay. be sitting and waiting. No, forever. I just
0: want to know when I can get you know, yeah. get
2: my palate ready to enjoy some very smooth Johnny
0: Walker. Oh, it's blue. coming. Don't uh, worry. Don't worry. I got some nice Baccarat glasses that I'm going to drink it out of. Yeah, I'm mm. excited about it.
2: I, I almost made it more of a personal message to you, uh, but I didn't want to do that every time that you went and got a drink out of it. <laughs> yeah, But you know what? I, I'm sitting here thinking about this. And, and I guess a lot of people
0: were on this train coming into the postseason. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they, they're at a little bit of a crossroads right now as a franchise. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do with Dylan Brooks. Do you really look at 3J, Jaron Jackson Jr. as the second star on that team. Steven Adams is getting older. We'll see what ends up happening with Brandon Clark. John ja Morant doesn't feel like he's necessarily trustworthy on or off the court, especially in the biggest moments. What the hell do the Memphis Grizzlies do now? Well,
2: the first thing they do is drive Dylan Brooks to the airport <laughs> and pack up his stuff. That, that's the first thing. Okay, uh-huh. there, There's no need, Chris. He's a free agent. There's no need. Let him go. I I would let him go. I know you gotta figure other things out. Let me figure that out. Because this guy is not Draymond. He wants to be Draymond and he's not. Mm -hmm. So let's just move on from him. The rest of it, if Jaw's this is a crossroads offseason for Ja. You wanna be the guy or not? Because this is this is it. You have to develop and grow up and and just mature into the guy. And understand what your role is if you actually want to win the whole thing and you want to run your mouth the way that you do. Uh, You know, the Grizzlies as a whole, I should say, but John in particular is the leader of that group. You want the smoke? All right, here's what comes with it a 40 point blowout. So basically, shut up and grow up. That's what it boils down to. You're right. And I think you
0: hit on the key word for John Morant going into NBA summer leadership. Yeah, that's the aspect of this thing that needs to be developed. That's the part of his game that's missing. In terms of what he does on the court, there's nothing that you would want at a point guard position in today's NBA that John Morant doesn't have. But what you absolutely need from him is that leadership intangible because he's the one that should set the tone for the entire organization. He's the best player. And I get that everybody wants to say that that's going to be Stephen Adams in terms of locker room leadership, but they need Ja Morant to mature and to grow into that guy in order for this organization to realize their ceiling with the young talent that they've assembled. Because if they don't, then you're going to be talking about disappointing early exit after disappointing early exit. And so for me, that is going to be the biggest thing for Ja Morant. Exhibit some leadership for your team this offseason, this summer, going into next year. How about lead a little bit like what we saw De'Aaron Fox from the Sacramento Kings? Yeah. I get it. De'Aaron Fox, they got eliminated in Game 7, but De'Aaron Fox had a broken index finger on his shooting hand and still was able to get his team to a Game 7 back in their own building. Now, granted, the Warriors' experience being in those spots, elimination games in long series, took over in the third, late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, but still... What De'Aaron Fox showed this year, being tabbed as Clutch Player of the Year, and all of the things that he showed in this playoff series, that's what you want to see from the best player on your team. That type of production, but also that type of leadership.
2: Well, right now, if you're going to ask me who do I want on as a centerpiece of my team, De'Aaron Fox or John Moran, It's not close. Yeah. It's De'Aaron Fox. So we'll get to all of that in a bit. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance 888 say ESPN 888729 3776 but we got to talk about Steph Curry yesterday Ooh. who is now Ooh. if he was on the outside looking in he's not anymore when it comes to being a, a top 5 player of all time. Canty, he just he continues to amaze with these performances. And a 50-piece yesterday was absolutely stunning, incredible to watch, and just one of the great performances that you'll ever see. And I feel like there are times that we don't rate Steph Curry accurately enough as the level of player that he is. We talk about him being the greatest shooter of all time. Well, I mean, if we're going to start talking about a fifth championship coming up for Steph Curry with everything that he has accomplished in his career, and I, I don't think we're close to the end of the road here. It, we're, we're completely, completely changing the dynamic of what his spot is in the history of the game and, and the fact that the, um, the the Golden State Warriors are, are not that old. They just continue to get it done, and they continue to be able to run with anybody at any time.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing with Steph Curry's performance yesterday. In the first half... He was all they had. There was nothing yeah. else. Like it, it was Steph Curry and nobody else from a production standpoint. Clay Thompson was one of 10 from the field, 0 for 4 from three point land. In the first half. Now, I will give it up to Kavon Looney, who does not get enough credit from the Golden State Warriors. No, what, do you have 20 points it, three times in this series? No, I mean, I mean his, his ability to create second-chance points from offensive rebounding was absolutely phenomenal. He was dominant on the glass. What was it, 21 boards in yesterday's game? Yeah. But Steph Curry basically kept them afloat scoring-wise in this first half, and then he dominated in the second half. The second half of that game, big fella, Steph dropped 30 points 19 and a half minutes, and here's the kicker, plus 26 in those 19 and a half minutes. That is absolutely unbelievable. But it goes to show you the greatness of Steph Curry. And How do I define competitive greatness? It's being at your best when your best is required. And routinely, Steph rises to the occasion in these moments. And that's why there was little doubt that when the Warriors were going into Game 7, even though it was back in Sacramento Golden 1 Center – I knew what the outcome was going to be. Like there are a lot I of mean, other. You didn't points. know it was going to
2: be a twenty-point game.
0: No, I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to be a blowout, but I knew that the Warriors were going to win. There was no mm. question about it in my mind that the Warriors were going to beat them because at some point, the lack of experience in these spots is going to show up, and it absolutely did. Like I, I didn't have any dis, any any illusions of this series being one-sided. After Sacramento took the first two games at home, I figured that this was going to be a long series. And when the Warriors won three straight, I didn't panic just because the Dubs dropped game six at home. I just didn't. I knew that the Warriors weren't going to win four straight games in this series because the Kings were too good of a team and they were too well coached. But I absolutely believed... That if the Warriors could get to a game seven, their experience would take over. And that's exactly what we saw from Steph. He just kept making the right basketball play. It didn't matter that they tried to double team him. Either he would split the double teams and get to the rack or he would able to make, he was able to make passes and the Golden State Warriors, by virtue of how they play, always make the extra pass and get, go from a good shot to a great shot. And that's what they saw in the second half of that game. So I'm not surprised
2: that it went down the way it went down. Well, Steve Kerr does not disagree with you at all, especially when it comes to Steph.
1: Uh, he doesn't surprise me. Um, we all take him for granted because he's brilliant night after night, and we've been watching this for 10 years. And we just – you know, you just have to <clears throat> remind yourself every
2: once in a while, big picture, this is one of the great players in the history of the game. Um, but that's how I felt, um, you know, back when I in my playing days, you know, with uh,
1: Michael Jordan, you just – You'd see it night after night, so you just took it for granted. So that's how it is with Steph. You just it's over and over and over again, and um, the uh, the resilience and the um, the work that goes into that, and the focus um, it's incredible to watch.
2: Having said this, Canty, just being fair, I mean, I know that I was betting against the Lakers, and you know, I I, th- I did think the Warriors would win this series before it started. Mm. I couldn't be more excited for this series. Yeah. I mean, this is the one everybody wanted to see, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I I can't get enough of what this series is going to be.
0: No, it's going to be a great series, and we're going to get two all-time greats, two top ten players, is that even a question now? No. Between Steph and LeBron?
2: Absolutely not. Like,
0: we didn't think that we were going to get another installment of this in, in a long series. We saw it a couple of years ago in a play-in situation, but not in a long series. We're going to get the chance to relive kind of what we saw in the middle of last decade with the Cavs and the Warriors, with LeBron, who's still at the height of his powers, and Steph Curry, who's seemingly getting better with age. So I'm excited about what the series is going to look like, I think it'll be very interesting because you have two contrasting styles. Now, in the regular season, the Lakers' play uh, you know, was, was the one on the winning side of um, the four-game set. I mean, the Lakers won three of the four in the regular season, but neither team was ever at full strength in any of the matchups. So that's the part where it's going to be really intriguing to see who's on the winning side of this. But, big fella, I think the winner of the Warriors-Lakers series will be the team to come out of the Western Conference and get to the NBA Finals. That's how confident I feel in these two teams because I thought these were the two teams that would ultimately be the ones to decide how
2: the Western Conference playoffs would go. I I haven't quite made that determination yet. And for me, it's just going to depend on how much more dominant the Nuggets continue to look. That's mm. what's going to... Make up my mind on that as of yet. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Man, we are just getting started. What a show we've got today. In just moments, the great Mina Kimes joins us to discuss everything NFL draft from over the weekend. And we will get her insights as to the idea that the Eagles have absolutely no competition in the NFC and whether or not the Jets have done enough to help Aaron Rodgers get it done. We will discuss it all. I've got a quandary from the last few days. I got to talk to Canty about also why I'm a disgrace from the last few days. I mean, aside from just usual, and all of that is on the way. Plus, you at eight 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 say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who wins Warriors Lakers and why? All of that on the docket. Just as we get started after this, from our friends from at Indeed now. If you're gearing up for hot summer hires, then stop making candidate cold calls and hire with Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it easy to attract interview and hire candidates all in one place. With tools like Instant Match, the moment you sponsor a post, you'll instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can then invite them to apply, schedule, and conduct interviews all from the Indeed website. To learn more,
1: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
3: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback,
0: Florida. When you have him on the football field, you have another dynamic running back in a quarterback's frame.
1: Yeah, he can either make your draft or he can break your heart. But I think with his running skills, he's going to be ideal and so he's going to go front quarterback. who's going to go into the NFL and right away be one of the top three to four running quarterbacks.
2: What a weekend for the Eagles. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I, As I said the other day, I would tell Howie Roseman to go buy a lottery ticket, but, I mean, geez, how many has he bought already and <laughs> cashed them? It's amazing. Can't Howie, Roseman, Howie Roseman is living right. He, uh, I don't know what. Right. I mean, if he cut a deal... That's got to be a hell of a deal with the devil. I mean, (laughs) like, you're going to be spending a long time in hell, son. (laughs) Oh, my God. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Is Is there even a reason to suggest, and I know what I'm saying when we talk about teams like the 49ers, there's nobody close right now, Canty, in the NFC. Nobody. Well, who, who would be the quarterback for the 49ers? I mean, they're not
0: sold on trade lands. They're dangling him out there on the trade market. Brock Purdy's got the UCL injury. Probably not going to be ready at the start of the season, week one. And then you got the Marlboro man's nephew, Sam Darnold, who was essentially cast out from the New York Jets franchise and the Carolina Panthers franchise in lieu of younger rookie quarterbacks. I I, I just, I, I don't know who the quarterback is for the 49ers. So I'm I don't know how anybody can say with any degree of certainty that they should be the favorite over a team that has the runner-up to the MVP in Jalen Hurts, a guy that
2: had one of the all-time Super Bowl performances that we've seen from any quarterback. I I look at what they did the other day, and I'm I'm just blown away by it. Now the Jalen Carter thing's going to be interesting. Okay, you have guys in that in that locker room that should be able to help guide him in the right direction. I mean, that's a good place to be with Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and people like that that I think will help guide him along because Canty, from from indications of talking to people, it wasn't just the accident that was a concern. Like There were genuine concerns about him um, from an off-field character standpoint. What is he going to be? Is he going to be the guy that grows up in that uh, environment and and really kind of figures it out, you certainly hope so because there is no getting around what the talent is. But when they can turn around and get Nolan Smith at the end of the first round sitting at 30, like, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's, ri- that's just pure dumb luck to have that happen the other night. Well, I guess teams were scared off with the peck injury
0: that Nolan Smith had and he wasn't able to, you know, work out upper body-wise – uh, in the pre-draft process. So I think there are some, some some teams that probably had him off the board because of the medical stuff uh, or had him significantly downgraded. In the case of Jalen Carter, yeah, there are some off-the-field bags, and we're not just talking about the tragic uh, accident that happened after the national championship game. We're actually talking about some, some issues that Jalen Carter had while he was at Georgia and some of the people that he surrounded himself with. But the great thing about what the Philadelphia Eagles did was that they put other players that had leadership roles on those national championship teams around Jalen Carter, so folks yeah. that he's familiar with, folks that he trusts, and they're going to put him in that environment. Think about it. Jordan Davis, who was a leader on that defensive line. N'Kobe Dean, who was the alpha dog on the 2021 team. Plus, you're adding Nolan Smith and Keely Ringo, two, two other guys that are really big presences in that Georgia locker room on the 2022 national championship team. I just think Howie Roseman hedged his bet a little bit with Jalen Carter by being able to add all of those Georgia Bulldogs. And then to cap off the weekend, he decides, yeah, I'm going to trade for DeAndre Swift, another Georgia Bulldog. Put him in that locker room too, because that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I like the idea of what Howie Roseman did, the execution of it all and it lends itself to getting the very best version of Jalen Carter that you can get not just as a player but as a person because you've surrounded him with strong leadership in guys that he already has a relationship with.
2: Look, how Carter is going to play out, that's ultimately up to him, and it is good to they, – they have done everything they can to put him in a, a, a situation to succeed. They yeah. have done everything they can. on the On the Nolan Smith part – that's fine on, on the Peck thing. 238 pounds, undersized, I get it. There wasn't a uh, an edge rusher who was 240 or uh, who was less than 240 last year in the league. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Canty, all I could do is tell you what one guy I really respect, an SEC coach, in getting ready for him, uh, and getting ready for Georgia last year, said, and this is, it wasn't even talking about Carter here, this is about Nolan Smith. Watch the tape for five minutes, and said, "Holy blank! How are we ever going to block that guy?" And it basically played out that way. So, to me, um, when you keep adding to your strengths, and you talk about this all the time with the Giants in your day, what did they keep doing? They kept adding pass rushers. They didn't. Ma- they didn't care to them. Uh, they didn't care that they had too many, or maybe they needed a had a need somewhere else. They just kept adding good quality pass rushers, and that's where the game is won, on the offensive line and getting to the quarterback. That's it. And, and that's what they continue to, go, to do, and I am not surprised by it one bit. Well, that's, that's the part with the San Francisco 49ers that
0: doesn't make much sense to me, Carlin. I, I don't get it. Like, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a better offensive line than the 49ers have. Remember, Mike McGlitchie is with the Denver Broncos now. He left the free agency. When you look at the defensive line, I'm, I'm sorry, as great as Nicky Bosa is in leading the league in sacks, the defensive line right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, it's right there. Like they had, The 49ers had to add Javard Hargrave to close the gap in terms of how good the defensive line was. Think about the impact that the defensive line for the Eagles had in the conference championship game at the link. It was clear that that was a point of strength and a, a, a weapon that the Eagles – were able to utilize against the 49ers. They knocked two quarterbacks out of the game. So I, I just, when we sit here and try to pare it all down, the Philadelphia Eagles are strong. They're the strongest where it matters most in the conference, the offensive line and the defensive line. And, oh, by the way, they have the best quarterback in the conference. So I don't understand how today, as we sit here, the 49ers are the odds-on favorite to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. It just makes no sense to me especially after the draft that Howie Roseman was able to put together.
2: and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. In moments, Warriors, Lakers, who wins this series and why? We want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who wins the Warriors, Lakers, and why? And... Just how much trouble are the Knicks in after dropping Game 1 at home to the Miami Heat? We discuss all of that and give you answers next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel
1: 80. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code Eight Save. That's the number eight S A V E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The Warriors advance, a decisive
0: Game
2: 7 win, and bring on the Lakers in Round 2.
0: It'll be a tough series, but that's what you expect as you move forward in the playoffs. But we're going up against a very good team. Played them a couple times, I think, since the trade, and they look extremely different. We got a young ball club with not much experience in the postseason. So as hard as this series felt and as hard as this series was, it gets even harder when you move a level up. And it gets harder and harder. So they understood that, and they'll be ready for it.
2: You know, can't do one thing I got to mention. I was in the car for a good 20 25 minutes yesterday during the Warriors game. Mhm. Kestie and PJ are so good. Oh, they're the best. Oh my god, they're they so They are good. the best. <laughs> PJ is so locked in on everything. Mark Kesticher might be the most underrated play-by-play person in sports, period. He he's awesome to good. work
0: with, by the way. I've done a couple oh. of games with him. He is
2: phenomenal. Uh, he's the best. It's Canty yeah. and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. We asked the question. We want to hear from you. Who wins the Warriors-Lakers series and why? Let's start with Maxwell up first on ESPN Radio. Maxwell, who you got and why?
1: I have the Lakers.
2: Uh, I'm, I live in San Francisco, but I have the Lakers. Uh, taking it in six. I think LeBron James is going to uh, submit his goatness, if you want to say that. Uh, and I think he's going to take this team. He's going to lead it to the finals. Listen, I, I, I get it, and I can't say you're wrong for that. Kanti, would you be shocked if this didn't turn into a seven-game series? Yeah, I'd be surprised. I think I'd it's be gonna very be surprised, seven, It's going to be a
0: seven-game series either way. Now, Golden State has home court advantage, and we know how great they are at home. The one thing that I will say is, again, styles make fights. This Lakers team, the way that they've shown the ability to defend, especially after the trade deadline when they added all of those new pieces and Rob Palenka reimagined this team, that's going to present some problems for the Warriors. I mean, Anthony Davis being the presence that he is in terms of a rim protector, shot blocker, that's going to allow those perimeter defenders for the Lakers to press up on those Golden State shooters. It is. And so you're you're just – you're curious to see how Golden State tries to attack the Lakers' defense. Now, I think their best defense is the pace. I mean, their best offense is playing with pace. Like yeah. right? The way to break down a Lakers' defense is not allow that defense to get set, play with a ton of pace. I mean, you know, you know, if you get stops, you know, getting out in transition, and even if you're taking it out from under the basket, I mean, just getting back and pushing the tempo, I think – with the Lakers' bigs, especially AD, the more you can wear them down by getting up and down the court, the better chance you have of being able to get good looks. And so I think that's going to be the key for Golden State if they're going to win this series, just playing with a tremendous amount of pace. It's got to be one of those 140, 130 kind of pace, kind of tempos. If they can do that, then the series is going to tilt in the Warriors' favor.
2: Yeah, listen, I I know what you're saying about AD and the idea that, that how it's going to help the perimeter defenders. I mean – this is a different level, though. You know, are, are they going to be able Is is pressing up all the time going to even – I don't want to say is it going to make a difference. They're going to make the life a little bit more difficult, and I expect it to be a series. But this is a whole nother level.
0: Yeah, I get that it's a whole nother level, but the Warriors are coming into something different, too. Like, yes. The physicality yes. that the Lakers play with is a different level than what we saw from the Sacramento Kings. This is going to be a lot chippier. Because this is a team that understands how to win a championship. Like, the core guys have been there and done that in LeBron and AD. So this is not going to be – and the Lakers, quite frankly, are a bigger team. They're a bigger team than the Sacramento Kings. So I just think that that's going to be the challenge for the Golden State Warriors, how they handle that level of physicality, uh, especially on the interior uh, of the Lakers' defense.
2: Here's one thing I do want to know. I would love to be able to bet on this. Will Draymond get suspended for a game in this series? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he will. You know, why I don't I, think he will either. But you know I'm not will be able he, to he just put a few bucks on it.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't. Think, I don't think he will because I, if Draymond is unavailable, unlike last series for a game, they can't win that game. Like in Game Three, the Warriors took care of business in Game Three without Draymond. If Draymond can't play for whatever reason in any of these games against the Lakers, the Warriors can't win that game.
2: Joe is, up, Joe, Joe is up next on ESPN Radio in Maryland. Joe, what do you think, bud? Uh, I'm thinking street clothes will be in street clothes after Draymond's done with them. I, I don't know that we can... Listen, even I'm skeptical on AD staying healthy, okay? And when you saw him... Uh, say he couldn't move his arm. What was it? Is that in game one? I think it was in no, game one. No, it was, it, was, it was early. It was game one or game two. Game two. But yeah. like even, even then, you're just shaking your head like, oh, but you know what? The guy showed a lot. He was back out there right after halftime. So I can't I, – I don't feel great about him throughout the playoffs staying completely healthy, but for the moment, I can't expect him to be down either. Well, we got
0: to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially after what he's done for this team, starting in you know the middle of February. I mean, think about it: when LeBron James was out, who was the one that carried the Lakers?
2: Yes, it was Anthony Davis. But I, I, remember- I wasn't going to give him the benefit of the doubt after like before this playoff series, just based on what's happened. But now, no, I will.
0: no, 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 not before the playoff series. But I'm just saying, even with this playoff series against Memphis, he took a couple of spills, some hard falls, and this is a guy that that, that got back up and stayed in the lineup. Like, at no point were we talking about Anthony Davis being unavailable. So I don't know that you can assign, you know, you know, you know, Anthony Davis being in street clothes for one or two of these games. I just think that's unfair, especially with the second half performance that he's turned in this season. I, 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 you've seen somebody that's been nothing but reliable for them. There's no reason to think that it's, it's not going to be the same going into this series against the Warriors. And furthermore, let's, 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 let's also get one thing clear. When it comes to the matchup with Draymond Green, th- there is no competition, right? Like Anthony Davis, you know, you can make the argument has been the most dominant interior force in the Western Conference since the beginning of March. So, so I, think, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I don't know that we need to start talking about. Oh well, once Draymond gets a hold of him, Draymond can't stop Anthony Davis one Well, on But, one. but Draymond is
2: going to try to tick him off. We know that he
0: is going to try to do that. But this ain't going to be like what Draymond did to Sabonis, okay? This is a different level No, Sabonis is not AD. Come on. This is a different level to this. And I think folks got to acknowledge that. And I think if the Lakers are going to win this series, it's going to be AD putting his stamp on this series. It's as much about him as it is LeBron at this point.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.